You're listening to I Am Sherry Goodall, the podcast about starting a business as an encore career woman, conversations with friends, and reviews, ideas, and random thoughts. I want to take you back into the conversation that I had with Aaron Hill from I Am Aaron Hill TV and bring you back in. If you haven't listened to part two, please go back. I apologize in advance that the audio is starting right in the middle of the conversation, but that's what it is. We're raw and real. Let's go. Okay. All right. Might need your help with that. But I I want to jump back into that because you were talking about being authentically yourself and presenting that. Um, I dropped a podcast today, actually, this morning called Zero In on Your Target Market. And in there, I talk about the D-I-S-N-C, the DISC system, and really understanding personas and personality types. Um, And what I liked about what you were saying is you have to know yourself before you can do that. And that's one of the things I think we didn't talk, I, I did not talk about in the podcast is really being clear about yourself or your brand tone. Um, Right. But I think it's also equally important to identify your own personality style and how you connect with people and knowing how to um, even work with different personality types, but at the same time, work with all of them. I totally agree. Um, in fact, if if I could, I want to, I want to, there was something you said on the same topic about maybe 15 minutes ago that I want to tie in here. So when I, when, when it comes down to knowing who you are, we, we always have to remember that you can't just decide to be who you are. It's a process of understanding who you are. And the reason why that's so important is because it gets real nuance and in some ways splitting hairs. And what I mean by that is this. There's some things in our personality where it's hard to tell the difference with if, if that's who we are as far as how we would f- just flow in our natural flow versus that's who we are or how we are because we've learned to be that way for particular scenarios or circumstances or conditions. And the hardest part is knowing authentically if that's really who you are or if that's what you're being for the scenarios or situation, because in some ways it it's one and the same thing. Like we're not just a collaboration of neutral thoughts. We're, we're like a, a, a combination of thoughts that we have that like when we're by ourselves or just as we would, as I'll say in this case, being ourselves. like I said, even though that's an oversimplification, but I'll use it here to make the point because everybody knows like, like when I took that picture last night <laughs> that, you know, everybody's calling me Rick James' son, I was <laughs> by myself. <laughs> the last two li- the, the last two things I posted on Facebook, with the exception of the concert I did yesterday, you know, down at Artscape, the last two posts I've had my shirt off. And I did it on purpose because I wanted to take things to another level of vulnerability. Because what happens is every time you... Every time you take thing, every time you ch- allow yourself to push past your fear to take another step towards vulnerability, like with something that you want to do because it's just naturally you, afterwards there's a relief 
that happens that pushes you past that point to where that's not a struggle anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I relate it, uh, and even though I'm digressing, I'm going to come right back. I relate it to being in the gym. And I used to say, I, I started saying this years ago, like ever since I was in like the, like the 11th, no, it was more like when I was 21. Because in 11th grade, I was just trying to get a bicep and chest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when I was... When I was 21 and I started <laughs> actually maturing, I started realizing something about lift, lifting weight in the gym. And that was, for guys, there's this like little testosterone-driven kind of thing in the gym that happens around the bench uh-huh. press. Um, the, the biggest plates that you can put on the bench press in most gyms are 45-pound plates. So we kind of judge everything by 45-pound pound, uh, uh, plates. So... <laughs> every guy knows that when you put two plates on, that's 135. And when you add another two plates and you got four plates total, that's 225. And when you got three plates um, on each side, six total, that's 315. Right. Almost every guy's like, like dream, so to speak, in a gym, like ego-driven, testosterone-driven dream is to go from that, the, those four plates, 225, and to be able to like, do those six plates. And the reason why is for the most part, it's like when, when other guys see, see that you don't have to sit there and add up the numbers. You naturally see the plates and everybody's looking like if a person has two plates, everybody's looking like, wow, that person's pretty strong. Anybody who you see with three plates on each side, you can't help but just stop and look you, and you know what the number is. And it's, it's just that. So my point is this, all of us are pushing for that. When you finally like break that point of three fifteen, mm-hmm. and you lift it, Something happens, which goes back to what we know as mind over matter. For some reason, leading up to that, it was always hard. It was always a struggle. But for some reason, after you do it the first time, when you sit down after that, even if you haven't worked out for a minute, for some reason, it's not a struggle anymore. Like you can actually lift it and you sit down and do it with no problem. And my philosophy behind that is that it's mind over matter because... When you're being your authentic self, you're able to accomplish things that you can't when you're like in your own head about things. But we judge ourselves, you know, accordingly. So anyway, rewinding that all the way back, it's like the goal is to be as when you're and you push that 315, when you, whatever your fear is, when you take a little bit of a step, you take a risk. You're like, I know people are gonna judge me. I know I'm. They're gonna have something to say, but still, like this is how I feel right now. Like, this is how I, this is who I am and how I feel. This is how I would do things. This is me. When you let it go, all of a sudden, right after you do that, it's like the biggest weight is lifted. And then you find when you go back to do it again, it's no problem. Like this second post where I have my shirt off, I didn't even think about it. I love it. It's it's probably my favorite post out of anything I've ever ever posted. And it's literally an ugly picture of me (laughs) (laughs) because because of the face that thing and how, but it's funny to me. It's hilarious. And I don't have insecurity. So if anybody, for everybody, it's just, for anybody, it's just like, hell, that's like, why would you do that? Like, I'm laughing along with them. I'm saying the same thing. That bothered me. But it is who I am. And it's the most favorite thing for me because it is the purest version of who I am. It's, it's continuing on the scale of being more and more mm-hmm. myself every day. So the, the, the point I want to make in all of this is people have to, First of all, realize, first of all, be patient with themselves. Second of all, realize that when you're trying to figure out this vague who you are, you have to realize 
that you're looking at things that you would mm-hmm. naturally do as well as other things that you've been conditioned or have decided to do and all that makes up who you are you just have to see and this is kind of goes back to even what you and I were talking about the other day and when you were talking about you pulled down your post because of the because of the cover photo and I inserted that little thing just just from the same perspective like now we have to look at our actions and, and things and say am I doing this because I really purely feel this way or am I doing this because this is how I've learned to play the game or how I've learned to fit in. And then you have to find all those places where you've done it to fit in, but you don't desire to do it really. If you, if you really be honest with yourself and then you have to start trying to take steps in the direction of doing things more your way. That's how you, that's how you really start to grow in first of all life period but then also you could connect it to business and everything else because it's the only way you really create the best version of yourself or your business or whatever you have to offer yeah i mean it absolutely is and you know you really challenged me on when i put up that post um and i took it down so just for the listeners let me give a little background so i put up a post on instagram uh for igtv And what I normally do is just let the post go up with my face um, and it'll put the little icon up there that, you know, a new video is posted and it's in IGTV if you want to see the whole thing. What I did this particular time was I put a post up and I put a cover photo, which was a still image. So I noticed that when the post went up, normally where I would have, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred views by that time I had only gotten like maybe double digit views and I thought people are seeing this in their feed and they just think it's a still image they're not recognizing that it's actually a video and it was I felt it was important information for people to know at the time and so um, I was talking to Aaron and I said, you know, I'm going to take it down or I, I had taken it down actually and reposted it as the video like I normally do. And you were really speaking to me about, you know, do you want to keep doing the same thing the same way because you want to please people or are you trying to change the game? Um, I really yes. was trying to change the way that my page looked and the, and the post, but ultimately I decided that the information was more important for people to hear than or, the right. image that I was right. trying to I guess, in some ways, for speed. You have, you just said magic to my ears. Oh, my goodness. Like, what you just said was yeah. music to my ears. Because, no, you're I'm good. sorry to cut you off, um, but, like, oh, my goodness. The best thing that I feel like I have to offer to people is in the form of psychology and mindset. What happened to me was I learned how to to a certain degree, have like a healthy relationship with this new reality that we all have. And it's one where I maintain my security. I main, my, I maintain my, my, my self-esteem um, and my security around myself and who I am, while at the same time, now and especially even more, because I didn't get on social We'll talk about that too uh, at some point. I didn't get on social media at all to be who I am now, like the more personal version of myself. It was strictly for business because I'm a super introvert. That's the funny part about it. Which I'm nobody would introvert. think just listening to you, okay? I don't <laughs> even know how to deal with it. 
you know why I figured it out though. I'm, and this is actually why, like, this social media thing is for me one of the best things uh, that could happen for my life, and why my journey on it, even even in the cons, even in places where it's cons, because it has very real uh, cons as far as psychologically too, that we're all learning together. Like myself as just a regular dude having fun out here and as well as the scientists who are studying it, we're all actually learning this at the same time. And so I'm even, I'm happy of the pros and the cons because a, it gives me the opportunity to show people how to have a healthy relationship with it. And then B it gets, uh, I get the opportunity to show people as far as the cons and how they affect me and how they're affecting all of us. And uh, once again, how to deal with those things, because for me as an introvert, I've realized I'm an introvert, but I'm a super relation relational person. My deal, like right now, this conversation we're having is my favorite because it's one on one and you get like the the full me. And if it was maybe two or three or four other people, I'd be completely fine. When it gets to be large numbers of people, it becomes like overwhelming. Um, but here's the funny part, because then I know you're going to ask me, but you're a musician, like you perform in front of so many people. And that's a, that's a, I'll explain that in a few seconds too. That's a whole other thing. But right before I get to that, but wait, that's wait, why I this can't, social media, you know what? I do understand that yeah. because as weird and crazy, mm-hmm. it's going to sound to anybody who's listening to this, including a lot of my friends. I am very much an introvert yeah. too, on a lot of levels. I'm very right. content with being right. by myself. Um, and I don't, I never knew right. whether that was just who I am or being an only child or maybe a combination of the two. I prefer, like, if I right. go into a party or a big room, I really prefer knowing the people in there. I don't like going into a setting where I don't know anyone. Um, even though as a right. presenter, I feel that's a whole different aspect because I'm there to train and share information. I don't have to know you personally. Right. Um, and, and I understand that. I have other friends who are the same way. I have a friend who is a corporate trainer and she goes right. through so much preparation every time she has to stand up and train people in her company just to get her mindset to get in front of them. And it used to really blow me away until I realized, you know what, sometimes you have to step outside of yourself. So I push through yeah. And that's what I hear you saying. It's it's so interesting because that is definitely part of the equation. The other part of the equation for me is it breaks down to two things. And they're two totally contrasting things. For one thing is social media or these kind of interactions allows me to be amongst everybody and still be by myself (laughs) at the same time. I love it. Yes. (laughs) And then the opposite side of the coin, which is a complete flip of the script, and but this, and this more so relates, I think, to to all of us. I'm realizing this about life. The, if I'm confident about something, then I want to present around people. Like I, I like I enjoy because I'm such a sharing individual, and that's where the music piece comes in. Since now, like I've achieved a level, or or even once I achieved a level of music where I had a decent enough grasp on it for me to feel somewhat, you know, feel and to feel like I could bring a decent, you know, experience to people. Um, Even though I was still a practitioner, you know, when, when it wasn't the best experience, but it was, but my point is that um, 
when I'm doing that, and especially now, how far I've come and, you know, just how my skill has grown and grown and grown, it's really more, I'm more of an observer as well, just like the audience. Like, it's really more so the fact that I just get a chance to bring into something else that's, like, enjoyable for people and enjoyable for myself. And I just happen to be, like, the conduit or the or the vessel, yeah. as many people would say. You know what I mean? And so, and that removes everything where I'm... I'm not even the, it's not, I'm not even the, even though I am the center of attention, I'm not at the same time in my mind and I'm actually okay with it because again, I'm not, it's, it's this music or it's this message that I just so happen to have the enough self-awareness and artistic ability to have, to add some color and creativity to it while at the same time on the flip side, have the technical facility to execute in a good, you know, in a way that people enjoy. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm an introvert when it comes to just my regular day to day. Um, but when it comes to sharing, I'm an extrovert and social media allows me to have my cake and eat it too. Cause I can share with everybody and not have the uh, social anxiety of feeling like I have to entertain everybody in a, in a physical, you know, format or, you know, cause many people yeah. don't know that about introverts. Like, and I didn't even know that until I read like some, uh, some research or saw, saw this little video like or there's like so the social anxiety part where just us even if we walk into a party and it's not about us we have like this this over, this feeling of overwhelm because we kind of it's tiring to us cuz we almost feel like we have to like entertain people we feel like we have to like we can't just that's what it is we can't just be introverts in places like that because it's not really acceptable you know and we don't want to be that way we're not trying to be negative so you can't keep to yourself so that means you have to and for some and in some environments unless it feeds you like the one i was talking about or the ones that i have uh yeah it's like literally overwhelming you just you just want to be by yourself but that's why i've cultured and cultivated the kind of life that i have because i get a chance to (laughs) be extroverted that is so true and you know it's it it really speaks for example (laughs) Let me, I've got myself all tongue-tied. You got me excited over here. So I, I love it. Love really it. don't like going to, I guess, traditional style networking events. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> and I don't like small talk for right. the sake of making small talk. So it's really, yes. I've really had to step out. So, for example... People don't know this about me, again, uh, except for, I think, one or two people. Social media marketing world is one of the largest um, conferences in the world, literally. Um, There are people from, I I don't know how many different countries that come to this conference. It's held in San Diego every year. Um, And it's the best of the best, the, the biggest names um, everybody that you're probably following on social media is there, right? And they're teaching and everybody is super friendly, super engaged. Um, even the setup of the conference is, you know, Instagrammable. They're like over props and all kinds of stuff. Right. Why was it my biggest fear the first year I right. went? The first year I went, I thought I was going to absolutely die. I went by myself. But what made what grounded wow. me was that I was so excited to be with a bunch of other people, yeah. quote unquote, 
social media geeks and nerds like me, right? And at the time that I went, it was even before um, social media is as big as it is now. So, you know, I met a lady in line and shout out to Bobby Bainey because I'm going to definitely have her on here. She had the most beautiful purple hair that I'd ever seen. And at that time, nobody was wearing purple hair. Okay, Bobby Bainey had purple (laughs) hair and it was purple and silver and it was absolutely gorgeous and she had it cut in this bob and there was no way I could stand right next to her and not be like oh my god your hair is beautiful right and then you know I'm from Baltimore the Ravens we love purple right right? so so (laughs) that started a friendship that has really (laughs) developed but during that conference I would just walk around looking for Bobby, like, oh, my God, somebody I know. You know, I was I would be so happy to Mm -hmm. see her. And um, I ended up taking a class with Ambassador Mike Bruni. If you don't follow him on social media, I highly suggest that you do. But he actually did a class um, as a kind of pre um, pre conference course on how to network and how to meet people at the conference. And it was so helpful and I was so grateful and how not to feel awkward. And Mm -hmm. here's the crazy part. I thought it would just be like me and maybe four other people or something. It was a room full of people. It was a room full of people at a social media conference. And it was really one of my favorite classes to this date because it helped me so much. When I returned to social media marketing world, I saw him again and I said, you probably don't remember me, but I want you to know I was in your class and it helped me so much. And now I'm back at the conference and I'm just floating around like a butterfly. You know, I'm the social butterfly, like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, I met my girl Pat right. there. And, yeah. You know, it, it's just been so amazing. I met my my now mentor and good friend, Sue B. Zimmerman, the Instagram expert there and you know, developed into working with her, you know, in B school and so many things came out of that, but it really is a work. And even now I I struggle because I really just want to promote my business on social media. I don't want to walk into anybody's business doing calls, calling, none of that. (laughs) Right. Right. Let me tell you, and here's the funny part. I'm going to give you the secret to what's, getting ready to change all that for you and and this actually segues perfectly into the end of my introvert versus extrovert kind of story and where I am now so here's the funny part now what I find and you just kind of gave a glimpse of it in your example now what I find is that I'm more outgoing now than I've ever been but I I desire to be more outgoing um in some ways for me just as a person especially as far as my personal life and my family life and that kind of thing like i i was like there's a whole deeper thing and i i'll only touch on this the surface here yeah this would be a great uh future conversation this this whole social media mm-hmm. thing has given me my life back it's actually for some people um and, and it's understandable understandable why again this is a brand new thing in our evolution of human history and it's you know when you look at the macro even the past 12 years or whatever that's that's nothing but a a blip you know as far as on the the scale of human history and and psychology and this is a whole new thing so the entire world is figuring this thing out right now like it introduces all kinds of amazing things 
all kinds of new mm-hmm. weird weird yes. realities and that kind of thing and i'm not even getting getting spooky but like from the perspective of like you now have the ability to like tune in to reality of other people's lives and, and into your life and it's it's amazing and it comes with you know it's it's drawbacks and this kind of things but my my point in saying all of this is at some point at some point in my journey as a growing father at that time husband um a growing person in business and and personality and everything i wanted i wanted more mm-hmm. work life balance in my life um i'm kind of hit with as some people would say a blessing and a curse which is that what i love to do I'm sorry, what I do for a living is just my greatest passion in life, period. So it means I'm naturally a workaholic <laughs> because it's not work for me. Um, and so, and it also has, you know, the pros, the other side, which is, is the greatest life ever. But at some point, though, I wanted to change that around. But it was hard because the industry, again, talking about our industries of <laughs> 60 right. seconds ago, really, the industry, <laughs> my industry as a musician, uh, required that I slaved in the studio for long hours and that I was away from the family, just like other other fields did, in order to really try to make the big thing happen so that you didn't have to do that. The tough part about that reality is that in coming up do- in those times that we did in our past human history, that might have meant that even though you achieved that, you might have missed out on some really important memories and moments in the life of your family and legacy because you had to be away making the bread, you know, so to speak. And, but that's what life has been for us. But now things have, what I realized as things started to evolve in the past five to seven years was that mm-hmm. I didn't have to slave in the studio anymore. I could actually live my life the way that I wanted to live. I could spend time with my family. I could go places, do things. I could, get into my value of education that my mother instilled in me being a teacher and taking pride in education. I can go research and learn new things. I never became an architect or engineer because I became a musician, an engineer and musician, but I could now on the side go places and just explore my deep passion for engineering and architecture. Um, I could now be silly (laughs) and look like Rick James' son, you know, that's hilarious (laughs) you know what i mean and it is it is so funny and the thing i realized was that that could actually benefit my life as far as financially and morally and as far as like just the satisfaction of doing it because i could now i had the ability for my business to not just be what the industry accepted from me and everybody else five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, which was just the one, the one part of, 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 of Sherry, you know, which was the marketing side and not the silly or the raw and real side, just the one part of Aaron, which was the musical, you know, skill and not the fact that like my quote game is serious because I, my mother instilled education and reading and I became a poet at like six or seven. And I was like really good. And that led to being a hip hop lyricist. So I got better at poetry. And at some point as a hip hop lyricist, I was studying English, um, English literature 
to make my rap better because I was thinking like nobody yes. does this. Like nobody studies Shakespeare to make it like I was I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the end there Yeah. But there was no there was no it was no such thing <clears throat> as the ability to make money as a musician and make money from the support of people that supported my whole journey uh and make and make money being a being into quotes and being a you know knowing how to find like a really good quote or just naturally coming up with good quotes like that didn't fit into the realm of right. industry back in the day so it meant that we all had to look at ourselves as one trick ponies and that's why i said like I took the leap because I just naturally am that type of person and I see the opportunity in things and I'm not I'm not uh hesitant or knocked off course because of the the possible drawbacks. Um so what I realized is this journey for all of us is a process of really redefining what it even means yes, to say Aaron, who am I? Oh my goodness. No, like, you okay. So yeah, go ahead. You got let's it. Drop you got a dime it. In it right there and pause <laughs> because the other day you sent me a yeah. link, nonetheless, to Gary V, <laughs> and it was the video of him <laughs> when he was speaking in Singapore a few weeks ago. Um, and there's a guy in there right, who right. asked him, and it, anybody listening, if you go on YouTube and look for Gary V's video in Singapore. You've got to watch it. It's about an hour long, but every bit of it is really great, especially if you're an entrepreneur and really looking right. into it because he spent his whole time talking to up and coming entrepreneurs. Right. But there was a guy who said, but Gary, I have all these ideas and I feel so unfocused and I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. And so he's going on about that. And it really, really resonated with me because you're right. You don't have to be a one trick pony. And what he said, and I'm going to bleep this part, but it's paraphrasing. He said, I'm the most unfocused ever <laughs> that, you know, and he said, but at the same time, I'm the most fucking, <laughs> m- most effing, <laughs> right? The- <laughs> there you right. go. Call it. thing a thing. The, mo- the most, the hey, most wrong, fucking focused fucker that you know. And he said, "I'll come up with three new business right. ideas and- before I leave out of here today." And he said, "And and he said, and I have a wine business, yes. and I have you know Vandercheck Media, and I just dropped a new sneaker collaboration with K Swiss." And and he went on and on. And what it did for me was, um, and I think, you know, either the entrepreneurial creative side, but you're always thinking of new ideas. And, um, you know, I'm coaching actually someone who's a photographer right now, but she also does photography. She does website design. And now she just took a course in coding and she does instructional design. And so what I was talking to her about was it's okay to have all of these things, right? But you got to kind of focus on what's the low-hanging fruit, what's bringing in money for you right now, and then add the other things on as you go. But it doesn't mean that you can't do all of them. And it was so validating to hear him say that and for you to just say, you know, we don't have to be a one-trick pony anymore because... I was always, as a child, reeled into, you need to focus, you need to, you know, do it this way, you know, you can't be all over the map, just pick one thing, which is a lot of what drew me to marketing was because it really was a little bit all over the place, but you're at the same time very focused on one thing, and I, yeah. I, and I always refer to it as the psychology of business. It's getting inside of people's heads and, and figuring out yeah. what makes them tick and want to get 
or buy what you have. And it's just, you know, I'm so glad you said that. And as you can see, I got real amped about it just now. And we could talk forever Mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. It's something we we really could. And, And honestly, this is the thing. And I was thinking about it, as you said, it's a couple of things I've thought about. We've what what this is why it's see, I don't believe in demonizing social media and demonizing technology because we're looking at it the wrong way. Everything has its pros and its cons. <clears throat> what the one the biggest pro to this equation, and you just said it, but I'll give I'll say it in, in another way. <clears throat> we have finally, through our exploration of technology and creation and invention we have finally caught the world up with where we already have been all along. Mm-hmm. Like this ability, I'm, I'm working with somebody now who's a, jazz, who's a classic jazz vocalist who brings a lot of value there and is, and is really good singing traditional classic jazz. But she's all, she also has a deep like um, passion for the paranormal and extraterrestrial life and all of that kind of stuff and UFOs. Like, 10 years ago, there was no such thing as that brand. (laughs) There was no such thing as a person who you could identify with for classic jazz. And you also deeply knew about their, their other passion. And if you were a person who either a was like, damn, like that, that's something I'm into too. Wow. I find more value in this person. Now I'll, I'll support them even more or the flip side, which is like, wow, I never thought about this before, but because I'm into this person as far as this thing, they already have my ears and eyes open because I value them as a person. So I'm open to what they're saying on this side and they taught me something. I mean, I'm not into it right. like that, but I did learn something that I never knew. And if nothing, and if nothing else, if they glean, and I'm using, I'm drilling all the way down because this is really how it plays out. If nothing else from that equation that might be just enough of an experience because of that kind of brand and the ability for that person to be their authentic self that it now allows that person when they hear other conversations where they were normally judgmental or whatever, when somebody was talking about extraterrestrial paranormal, whatever, now they have more respect for Now they have more tolerance or more openness. Like this changes lives. And what has happened now is we have now the greatest opportunity to be our natural pure selves because we grew up in industries where we were forced to be one trick ponies because industries could not monetize off of these Woo! other aspects of our personality. Right and that, and that was just, that was, that was just the name. Now, like this is my most favorite conversation to have. I um, mean, this is probably the third or fourth time I've had it because it's, it can, it comes the same way and you, you chimed in, right? I knew you were going to chime in because that's what it is. It was that, the, the corporations and the industries that we grew up in, they just couldn't monetize raw and real um, in addition to like what you bring to like just your knowledge of marketing and that kind of like they couldn't. So it didn't fit in the equation. And what we had to do was we had to accept that was the case in order for the main, at least for something to break through or something to work for our lives as far as a part of who we are. So we had to go ahead and compromise and settle for the fact that this one thing was all we were going to be looked at for. But we were never, we have never been and never will be one trick ponies. So we've just, we've grown the world 
through technology to the place where now it has now met up to who we already naturally are. And one more thing I want to say, um, that's another piece of, uh, of, of that equation with that Gary video. So my ears are really, really sharp because of, you know, being trained with music. So I hear sounds and rhythms and all kinds of stuff, really, really nuanced. So one thing, I don't know if you picked up on this, but, um, in that same part where he said, uh, you know, uh, uh, now let me ask you a question before I say this. Are you, I think another big thing has happened in in this moment on your podcast, which is you you are unfolding even to another level of of yeah. raw and real. So, uh, in going forward, should I should I bleep out this curse word or should I let it fly? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, you know, decisions, right? decisions, decisions, decisions. The, decisions. the podcast is listed as. Yeah. Um, friendly for all ages and no explicit nothing explicit so i feel like i kind of have to bleep it it out just because to stay true to the description right change the description yo i hate you you. change it (laughs) yeah (laughs) look i love it right though right you know yo that is sherry i swear to you if there is no other lesson for all of us to keep on learning oh sherry it is that one because now we actually have the ability to relate to another aspect of how we might feel about things. And it is the most beautiful thing ever. Yes. We did not have that and choice before. And you know before. what? When you I say that it. to so, the end, yeah, but we're going to have to continue this because already it's a two-part conversation. Since we had to sure. cut off and pick back up, I'm going to make this a two-parter. But I think we have to come back and mm-hmm. talk about this specifically because one of the things that frustrated me immensely Um, in corporate was being on the end of social media. I worked for an urban retail chain and in working for an urban retail chain there, what I recognize is that there are a lot of opportunities for influencers in the urban market that don't exist in the mainstream market. And what I was finding was that vendors and brands not our brand because they had me and our brand understood it and that's not the brag that's the truth we knew how to connect with those influencers that nobody was paying attention to but brands were really struggling with how to work with urban influencers and get things out to them and it has become something that I really want to research and look into more. And I started researching it and looking into it and realized there's no information out there and there's not a lot of um, things out there. So, you know, I, it probably means that I need to do it, but if somebody beats me to it, you know, I'm not mad about it, but. Even if they do, they can't, Absolutely. They can't do it the way that sharing, which is why do it, I never, actually, I never fear about sharing yeah, stuff. I, and I, um, I have a a, a program yes. that literally is trademarked um, from when I worked at at the retailer chain, and um, it, it's called Homeroom Huddle, and we we trademarked it and ran with it because mm-hmm. the idea was so unique, and nobody else was doing it. And then um, somebody right. tried to use the same name, realized it was trademarked, and then decided to come up with their own name and do right. the program themselves. Well, the program didn't fly because the program didn't have Sherry on it. It didn't have my thought, my way of doing it. And it was yeah. very similar, but it actually fell off. Um, so I never worry about right. that because what is for me is for me. 
but there's so many um, opportunities for people that are out there that are not one trick ponies that have passions. Um, like I, you know, working for an urban retailer, I really never knew about sneakerhead and the whole sneaker culture um, until I was there. And it is a real right. thing and it is serious and people drop hundreds yeah. and thousands of dollars and sneaker, you know, sneaker companies um, right. create these like, you know, collectible sneakers that people in the mainstream don't really think about. But here's the real, real part about it. There is definitely some guy or girl out there who is getting these sneakers, showing up, you know, on social media or at a party or in the neighborhood with them on, you know, depending on how they want to rock with the, the, mm -hmm. the shoe, right? And they're talking about it. And guess what? Their right. friends are going to buy the shoe. And so what frustrates me back to right. the top of right. what I was saying is that brands still haven't figured out how to work with um urban influencers and and in the mainstream way because they're so used to wanting to monetize it and not understanding the power is what i love about social media is the community that it builds brands are still very stuck in a corporate headset right. of well how can we make money and are we getting enough views and hashtags and you know all of those things they get so caught up in the mundane part that they forget that this is really a very consumer driven world right now that if you just build a real community people right. are going to buy it anyway because they feel that you're being authentic and transparent yeah yes couldn't agree with you more it's it's the reason why gary talks so much about uh, the the def the deciding factor with everything in our future is purely brand. If you do not build a brand, you will you will not survive because social. The, like he says, and I I remember saying this. Like a lot of things he says, I, I, there are things that I've even said, or you know, I've in some way. The greatest thing that could happen was the internet and social media and that kind of thing. That's the greatest thing that could happen in the equation that mm -hmm. we can all play we all have the ability the worst part of the equation yeah the worst part of the equation is that we we can all play we all have the <laughs> and but i love that because this is the thing now and this is another piece that gary talks about he says the internet is not it's not changing people it's yes. exposing who we actually are what's gonna what's gonna happen at the end of the day is that in the future, all of us will have to be raw and real. We'll have to be raw and real because there'll be no way to hide because people will, two things, people will know <clears throat> whether you're being your true authentic self or not, whether you're just trying to sell something to them or whether you actually care about like what you have to offer to them and them having a good experience or them benefiting. They'll be able to tell um, for for one reason, because they'll have enough exposure of raw and real to know when it's fake, and then number two, they'll have so much exposure of everybody trying to sell to them that it'll just be blatantly clear. So if people don't create brand and create community and create real relationships and do all the things that are really about caring, they're not going to survive because somebody else is going to care more. Somebody else is going to care more for people, and people will not have right. to put up with your BS. Bottom line. And that, but the beautiful part about that is it's like a purging that's forced on us. So it means that even if people want to 
even if people do it kicking and screaming, they will be forced to do it. They will be forced to be real and 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 show whether they actually care about people and helping people or whether they really don't care about people and all they want is money and they will have to deal with the consequences. And and this is the this is the last piece of the equation and why I even hear Gary why I understand why Gary talks about this because the same thing I mentioned earlier, some same thing we that's going going on. That is very crucial for our humanity when it comes down to psychology. Because there are going to be some people that are able to deal with that. And there are going to be some people that's not able to deal with that. And it's going to cause the greatest divide amongst people. You're going to have the people rising to their highest heights as far as being who they truly are and living their most fulfilling life. And you're going to have the exact opposite equation, which are people who are not and and, and are even unfortunately going to the place of even, you know, suicide and all these other kind of things because it's it's going to be no middle ground. So the most important thing that anybody can know is that if you, if you, there, there is a place for just pure sales. I mean, there is a such thing in the market for that. Right. And it is nothing wrong with pure sales. It just, it just cannot be disguised as anything else. And then the flip side, which is if you care about actually selling and you actually care about people, then the best thing that you could possibly do is to culture all of the community stuff and all of the stuff about really building with people and know that the money will come from you doing that um, because of the fact that you're actually helping people. And so that's why free, free if you want people like now I'm to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm like preaching right. some exact opposites. You know, if you, if you want people to buy all your music, give all your music away for free. You know, if you want people to to purchase your your packages as far as your services, then give them as much information for free so that then they value for they value you for a different reason or in a deeper way and for different reasons and not just one reason. Because in the future, they'll be able to buy services from anybody or just have automated systems to do the the stuff themselves. So you you have to create real brand authenticity. Um, and one one other thing I want to tell you from the early part, when you were telling me about the um, the event that you went to, and right before that, you told me about the kind of marketing events that you uh-huh. that you don't really, you know you don't really like. And the most beautiful part is, as you were explaining that, you were basically explaining in contrast the kind of experience that you that you will create if you decide to create. Uh, you know, and you were already telling me about this, but but in the in the future of your business in ways where you have your own events like that, you're actually describing the contrast, which is how yours will be unique because it won't be just a dry, you know, corporate feeling blue and white and black, you know, selling kind of, it'll be a whole different experience. And again, that's the beauty of this equation. (laughs) That's what, that's what it is. And then the the part, and then I will shut up after this because this was the last thing I wanted to say. And referencing back to that moment in Gary's video, I won't use the words, but I'll just use the abbreviation. The most, the other deep part about that moment, and I'm wondering if you caught this, when he said, I'm the most, uh, the, the least focused effort, and then he said, and then he said, he said it uh-huh. like twice in a row, like listen back to it. And he used the words like backwards and then forwards. And here's the thing about that moment. 
me knowing speech and me knowing like real fine nuances in tone and being able to tell intention and stuff from tone, he made he was he like stumbled through his words there. But the most beautiful thing was he made the point right. and he did right. not edit that part out at all. And so and I want to and that's the thing I want to say to myself, I want to say to you, I want to say to anybody who who listens to this conversation. The most important thing we can go forward with, and this is still in maturity and still in positivity and thinking about people's feelings, but the most important we, thing we can do is Ooh. to stop editing ourselves out. You know what? I'm going to end it right there. I'm not going to say nothing else. I'm going to yep. thank you for this opportunity, for this conversation. Um, and I most definitely want to make sure that you come back on and that our listeners um, have an opportunity to hear more. Because I think this has been a great conversation. I do too. I'm. I'm. I want to thank you. I'm. I'm supremely honored, and even more than being on the show, I'm honored and even being able to do anything that inspires. You know, and you, you, like it means a lot to me. You mean a lot to me, and 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 just just this just this whole thing. My my number one mantra in life <clears throat> comes from Mahalia Jackson. Like if I can do. If I can help somebody yes. in a way, then my living is isn't in vain. And I always say, and I always say, since I know my living <laughs> isn't in vain, I don't have a question about that. Then I just know I'm here to help people. Well, thank you so much, Aaron Hill, and I just can't even wait for this to mm-hmm. air um, and make sure that um, people yeah. hear this because this is really valuable information that we've had over these two podcasts. So. Thank you. Much love for you. And as you already know, you have become the wind beneath my wings to launch this podcast. So thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Sherry. I love it. Take care. Thank you so much. This is your girl, Sherry Goodall. You can tune in to the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast Find me on Google, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Apple. Make sure to tune in and share it with a friend.